Leadership is a learned skill. Welcome to episode number 33. As you know, I am fully committed to bringing more diversity to the leadership table. And one of the ways I can do that is by bringing phenomenal change makers onto my podcast to talk to you about what is working and what's not working in getting senior managers promoted into executive level leadership positions. And today I'm interviewing Lindsay Kaplan. She is the co-founder and chief experience officer of Chief. Chief is a private network focused on connecting and supporting women leaders at top executive positions. It's an absolutely fantastic conversation. She's super candid. She tells it to you like it is. It's really enjoyable. And I have no doubt you are going to get so much value out of it. Enjoy. Welcome to Maximize Your Career with Stacey Mayer, a podcast about achieving your career goals while also being yourself. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Maximize Your Career with Stacey Mayer. I am super excited to be here with you today. Today, I have Lindsay Kaplan. She is the co-founder and chief experience officer of Chief. Um, I first heard about Chief, uh, I guess, I don't know if it's been, it's like a year and a half ago when they expanded from New York City into Chicago. And we're going to learn a lot more about the amazing work that Chief does. But they're actually one of the only organizations that's specifically designed for women at the highest levels, moving them from vice president through C-level executives to expand their power, cultivate lasting relationships, and sharpen their executive skills. Lindsay was also the vice president of communications and brand for over four years at Casper, and they just, and Chief, just announced its expansion to Boston and San Francisco. Yay! We're so excited to have her out here on the West Coast. And in May, Chief announced $15 million in new funding. Hello, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, I'm so happy to chat with you today. So, Lindsay, let's just start out. You know, what were some of your secrets to success? What were some of the skills that you had to learn so that you could personally transition into these higher level leadership positions for yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I am a relationship builder, it's one of my superpowers. I love people, I love conversation. Um, I'm the person that will you know, go with my husband on a date, sit at the bar and end up talking to three other people and leaving my husband on the side because he's like, I thought this was date night. Um, And I think building relationships is really one of the key ways to get ahead in your company um, and to raise into an executive role. You're building relationships with the people immediately around you so you can really um, have have that trust, have that collaboration. You're building relationships going up so that executives trust your decision-making. And I think you need to build relationships out, meaning vendors, partners, uh, potential, you know, network that will get you that next step job. So it's all about making those connections. um, And I think it has to be rooted in authenticity. There's nothing worse to me than the feeling of being transactionally uh, transactionally networked with and feeling like 
you know, the equivalent of a handshake and a business card. How do you um, meet somebody, maintain a connection in an authentic way is for me one of the uh, biggest challenges in uh, networking and building a great Rolodex. You know, it's so cool that you said that because even before this conversation, so Lindsay gets on the phone with me, we're two powerhouse CEOs helping women rise to the top in leadership. And what we're talking about is our children, right? We're talking about maintaining our lives during this crisis, this pandemic that we're facing. How do we get through these challenging situations and also do our work? So I think that that is a real testament to you for having like real authentic conversations. Those are the lasting conversations. Like I will remember what you told me about your six month old. Right. And, and that is so, so, so true. Um, can you, would you be willing to share with us? Because, you know, I, I said this at the beginning of the podcast, chief just announced $15 million in new funding. Right. I read this in the San Francisco Chronicle when they first came, you know, when they first announced the expansion out here into San Francisco. And this is, it has to be built on relationships. Would you be willing to share with us a story or something that you did or your partner did that actually took chief to this astronomical level? I would say. Sure. Um, I, I think in terms of fundraising, the original pre-seed investor was a connection of Carolyn and a secondary connection of mine. And so even off the bat, it was hard for us to raise seed, but we knew we had um, the people we did raise from because we had a lot of no's. Uh, they were people that were already in our network and they were just loose connections. Um, and again, it kind of speaks to people who trust you, who know your reputation and feel good about backing you. Um, as we raised uh, future rounds of funding, it was a lot easier to raise the Series A because we had traction, uh, we had members, we were generating revenue. And we chose the people to, which was um, a major privilege to be able to choose from a few different term sheets and choose who you want sitting at that boardroom table with you. Uh, we were really lucky to be in that position. And we chose people that we really believed in and that believed in us, that we wanted to ride through thick and thin who we knew had um, not just great business acumen, but ethics and morals that we wanted around our table. Um, mm. And and those two um, executives, uh, Ken Chenault, who is the former CEO and chairman of American Express, um, one of the first black men to, you know, be at the helm of a Fortune 50 company, and Alexa Von Tobel, an incredible entrepreneur who uh, sold her startup LearnVest to Northwestern Mutual. Um, we could not think of two better people that would represent um, the diversity that we're striving to achieve in the C-suite and the perseverance it takes as an entrepreneur for us to succeed. So this this reminds me of the vision that I often paint for my clients as possibility, right? When we're first struggling to get ahead in our careers, we're, we're struggling to make that transition from being seen as a subject matter expert, a manager into a higher level leadership role. I tell them of the possibility that you just described, right? That at some point in your leadership career, you will be able to have choices, 
you will be able to look at companies and see if they have a diverse board of directors, if they have diversity on their leadership team. You'll be able to choose a company based on their ethics and moral standards. And so this is just an absolutely amazing accomplishment, you know, that I want to applaud you for. And what do you feel like, you know, because obviously it wasn't like this in the beginning and you described your first round of funding, right? What do you feel like was the biggest difference in building that level of trust that you actually put yourself and chief in the driver's seat of making these big and bold decisions? It's a big question to unpack. Um, the relationship I haven't mentioned yet is with my co-founder, who is the CEO of Chief, who is a remarkable leader. She is brilliant. And she is somebody that um, is more of a COO operator type of, of leader. Um, and I am more of the creative storyteller. I think that our relationship, the strength of... Um, I don't like saying weaknesses that like my, my, the opposite of my strength is my weakness. Mm-hmm. Our strengths um, and our disparate strengths really complement themselves. And so where I have weakness, she has so much strength and vice versa um, that I think that pairing really helped um, investors believe in us because we are pretty upfront and we're pretty authentic about who we are. Um, I recall a <laughs> story when we walked in for an original pitch for a seed round. And we are not fancy people, Carolyn and myself. I am usually, I mean, these days in the pandemic, I'm wearing old Navy leggings 24 um, <laughs> seven. Even, even, you know, we're going into these really expensive, you know, offices with these captains of industry, these VCs. And like, I don't know, I was wearing like a gap onesie and like my hair is kind of messy because it just is. And Carolyn and I are just not, fancy people. And when you meet us and when you talk to us, I think there is a level of um, realness and genuine love for startup world. And there was some surprise with some of the VCs who I think, given what we wanted to build, which is this um, somewhat exclusive network for executive women, I think they were just expecting two women in high heels and like really great, you know, designer outfits to walk in. Um, and that was not us. And I think we are both really dedicated and, and determined to grow this business. And when you meet us and when you talk to us face to face, or hopefully on this podcast, you understand that we are just like, we don't put on airs and that is who we are. I have no airs to put on. Um, and I think that helped forge a really good trust with our investors. Because when you see us, you know it's the real deal. And when you talk to us, I don't think anybody thinks we're bullshitting them or they're getting fleeced. Do you have, um, we, we talked a little bit about your sweet spot being relationship building. Now, for a lot of women that I work with, relationship building can also be their Achilles heel, right? Like they're really good at building relationships. That's what got them here. But there's this certain quality to building those relationships, which is about being liked right? Mm -hmm. Like wanting approval from other people and looking to them for the answers. Can you think of anything that you guys at Chief are guiding women executives to do to actually overcome or maybe something that you had to overcome in terms of building relationships that actually worked against you, that you had to learn how to, um, you know, find your own voice, figure out what you needed? 
Yeah. It's a double-edged sword with women because women leaders, not only many of us want to be liked, but studies show that women who are more liked are often more successful in their jobs, right? Um, there is just so many uh, stereotypes working against women in the workplace. It's hard to navigate them. And so I think it's always about towing the line, reading the room, and understanding your core values. And if you're not happy in that room, um, again, it's a privilege to say walk away and find another job. We can't all do that right now. Um, but I encourage all people to be where they feel they can be comfortable and they can really be more of themselves um, because it's, it's really hard. Working takes a lot of endurance, right? Like the, the, the word endurance for us is really important in maintaining that, that executive position and growing in your career. And so there's going to be a lot of naysayers. There are going to be people that you piss off that don't like you. Um, I don't think it's about necessarily figuring out how to get them to like you. It's enduring that and it's moving forward. Um, I had a very wise friend told me once that there is, uh, there's IQ, there's EQ, your emotional intelligence, and there is change, right? There's CQ, there's change intelligence. Ooh. Um, and so <laughs> I, the piece of advice that I give often is uh, your career is, is a bit of a wave and you have to figure out how to ride that wave like a surfer or else it will tear you under. So mm-hmm. it is about endurance and it is about understanding that there is no mastery of figuring out how to do the job and then just being successful. The world we live in, as evidenced by 2020, is in constant flux, constant change. Your job is never the same. And so that is the real, um, I think, skill set of becoming an executive is managing that change and enduring and moving forward and navigating all of that transition. Um, and that transition absolutely comes with not being liked sometimes. Um, but if, if you can ride that wave, uh, you'll be very successful and hopefully you'll find that you like yourself. That is the most important piece. Oh, why does being able to manage change help you like yourself? I just think, I think working is hard and I think there's a lot of burnout right now in 2020. So if, you know, that phrase, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not not true. (laughs) I can tell you right now as somebody that loves what I do, I work my butt off every day and my hair is going gray. Um, But I think at the end of the day, I want to go to sleep feeling good about the actions I took, even if someone doesn't like me in the moment, even if I feel like I just pissed off a group uh, of hardworking employees, I I look to the long term and I ask myself, did I do the right thing? Can I go to sleep at night feeling good about what I did today? Um, And if the answer is yes, then I know that there is always going to be short-term unhappiness. There are always going to be people who have to, you know, sit out a project or, or go through a layoff. But ultimately, um, you know, it comes back to ethics, morals, and values that I want to make sure I trust in myself and I feel mm-hmm. good about my decisions, even if they have tough outcomes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I, you know, I was reflecting on myself and I've been, you know, I spent the first half of my career following my passions and I didn't work very hard at all. <laughs> like I thought about what I wanted a lot, right? Like I was like, oh, I want to be happy. I want to follow my passion. And then 
once I actually started to work hard, I started to see success and I started to really reap the benefit of what hard work is. And, and I was like, oh, and I am following my passion, right? I love, love, love what I do, but of course I am working hard. Of course I am challenging myself, but that growth, that exponential growth is everything, right? Like just knowing that you're growing and that you're building and that you're staying in integrity is so, so, so important. Yeah. I think once you chip away at your integrity um, and your own values, I think that's where burnout really starts to rear its mm, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your decision-making starts to become uh, just tainted with mm-hmm. short-term uh, gut reactions. Mm-hmm. And those are typically the, um, when I see burnout amongst chief members, it, it often comes from feeling compromised at work and mm-hmm. feeling compromised yep. with decision-making. Yeah. And you know, this kind of, I I wanted to ask you a question about all the no's that you received, right? This idea of getting comfortable with change, comfortable with failure, right? But what I'm also hearing in, in what you're saying is that when you start to experience the burnout, it's because you're compromising yourself, right? You're con- you don't feel like you're owning your career choices. You don't feel you feel like you're doing things that are out of integrity, right? And then if you can realign that, it's not necessarily that everybody around you is going to like you all of a sudden, but it's more about getting comfortable with the no's, but being super clear on your values and what you want and going out and getting that next either, you know, it could be within your organization, right? But knowing how to ask for what you want, ask for what you need and really making that role for yourself. So how yeah. did you, how are you? Oh yeah, you can answer. Oh, one thing I would say is, um, mm-hmm. With rejection comes listening. And so any time I've gotten a, a no from an investor mm-hmm. or or a disagreement from even my co-founder, right? Like we disagree all the time. Um, a no is such a wonderful thing to listen to because mm-hmm. the why around the no. And I think there's a really important filter around not taking that no personally, but learning from it and also knowing... Um, what to what to change based off of that no and what to persevere and say, I hear you, I'm listening to you, and I'm going to stick to my guns around it. Mm. Um, but after every no, my co-founder Carolyn and I had a deep discussion around like, was this a valid no? Should we change anything? Do we feel good about this no? Um, and I think there's a lot there from the fundraising process I take in, you know, every day, just the workplace around there's no's all the time and really listening to the why behind the no um, is something I try to do and I, I should do more often. <laughs> well, and it also implies that you have a certain amount of openness to it, right? Like I love, I've heard, I've heard some women and it's completely valid, right? We have to have boundaries and there's a lot of feedback that we don't need to let in, right? It's just, it's not, it's not useful. You know, maybe it's based in unconscious bias, like whatever the reasons are, but being willing to at least explore the possibility of what this no means, right? Like is it, what is it that I really want to take away from this and learn from that requires a certain level of openness. Yeah. And I think explore is a great word. It doesn't mean you necessarily have to agree with the no, but to interpret the no and to learn from it, whether you accept or reject it 
um, that exploration process is really healthy and it's only going to strengthen your next uh, decision, your next project, your next uh, move in the office. Awesome. Yes, exactly. So I want to talk a little bit about what Chief is working on right now. Like, obviously, you had an amazing physical space in New York City and Chicago, um, maybe elsewhere as well already, right? And then now with these new expansions that you've announced, it's more virtual programming until the physical space is launched. But how is Chief making that transition from meeting up with women in person into now into the virtual world? Yeah. So, you know, we had always said we are a community. We're not a space. And Mm. we said that in part because I think there are a lot of amazing co-working spaces. There are a lot Mm. of um, clubhouses that um, if you don't know Chief very well, you may equate us with. And really, before we even launched Chief, the original concept had no space. Mm. The, The important part about what we do is we connect and we support women in power to make sure that they stay in power and that we can bring more people and more diversity up with us as as we grow. Um, And so we have a few uh, main services we offer, peer groups that are led by incredible executive coaches, um, events to bring people together, uh, workshops, like you mentioned, sharpening executive skills, um, and the community itself, which is an amazing benefit when you have almost 3,000 people at your fingertips that you can crowdsource ideas and get references from. Um, and so those, those uh, services did used to meet in person. And we found that given that the community is so important, do we wish that our peer groups could meet in person again? Absolutely. But we found that the value of in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of knowing that the world is going through so many unknowns right now, that peer group of 10 people and an executive coach is more important than ever. These workshops around navigating change, around you know everything from how to interpret the, the CARE Act to going through layoffs to um, you know moving your entire team remote that is more important than ever. And so we all miss our in-person experience. I am a hugger, so I miss hugging people. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, that, that's never going to return. Uh, but we did find that the, uh, the value and that connection and support can be had online. And for a lot of women, it's easier because they didn't want to take that commute. They didn't want to, you know, spend time in person. There is uh, a great element of time travel that is to be had when you are, you know, able to log on through Zoom. We can be anywhere, any place at any time and and get in touch with the people we need to uh, feel supported. You mentioned that if we don't know Chief, we'll think that it's just like everything else, right? Like something like that, right? So tell us what makes Chief unique. And if I am a a woman in the vice president or C-suite level, why would I want to be involved? Yeah, great question. So my Chief came from a really personal place for my co-founder, Carolyn, and I. You mentioned I was a VP at Casper. Um, Carolyn was essentially acting as COO at Handy. She didn't have the title. That's a whole other podcast. Uh, <laughs> but we found as we were climbing in our careers, us, you know, in particular, we were in startups, 
we had gone from being the mentee, being the person that found a mentor that, you know, joined, joined different programs and went to networking events to feeling a little bit alienated that when we did now try to find somebody to mentor us, we were the de facto mentee, mentor and not the mentee. Mm. And so at the, at the, this peak of our career where we were both like, okay, how do we now get into the C-suite? What's the next step? We felt somewhat hung out to dry, like, hey, mm-hmm. go mentor women. And any organization we joined, again, we became that, um, that person on top that helped others which was great. I still love mentoring people. Uh, But there's loneliness, especially when your decisions matter more than ever. And so what makes Chief really different is knowing it's not the exclusivity. It's not like some secret club where you have to like, you know, get the grades to join. It is really because it is lonely at the top. It is hard to be an executive. And it is hard to be an executive when you look around the boardroom and you know, you can look at, you know, every single study in America, generally, you are one of the few women in that room. And so we wanted to create an organization that was specifically focused on making sure that these women could come together, support one another, um, and, and share in that cross pollination of, of power. So, you know, when I went out and tried to network, I, I was marketing, I found myself meeting other marketing, uh, execs, which is great. But what I really need and the perspective that chief gives is meeting people who, who are from different roles, different organizations, totally different industries, and different backgrounds to give me the cognitive diversity to make better decisions based off of all of those different perspectives in my room. Mm, yeah. So do you have any final words of wisdom for a woman who is looking to transition into the C-suite ranks? Um, just anything for them to keep in mind, things that you've learned along the way for yourself or what you're noticing is really look, uh, working for the women who are a part of Chief? Yeah, I think there's a level of mastery at doing your functional job that gets you to the peak manager level, right? Mm-hmm. Peak yep. management, director of your of your function mm-hmm. to get into that larger executive role. It's really about widening the aperture of what you look at day to day and thinking through your team's greater impact on the business and the company. And so you're no longer just thinking about that narrow uh, view because of your uh, functional area, but you're widening that scope and really thinking, putting that CEO hat on and thinking longer term around your team's impact on the, on the business and the future two, five years out. And depending on your company, I could not plan three months out right now. Uh, but having that, that, broader mindset and sharing that and communicating that broader mindset while you're functionally killing it in your area. Yeah. To do both. Um, but I really think that is the secret to taking that leap up into the boardroom. Yeah. And get yourself surrounded by more women, right? Other people who are doing the hard work too, because it is hard to do both, but that is what actually will help you succeed. I love it. it. It is. And I think a lot of, at this stage, a lot of people think I'll just keep making what I do better. And it's not actually mm-hmm. what you are doing at that point. You mm-hmm. already got to be leader of your, of your, of your area of functional expertise. If you are trying to get to the next level, I'm sure you're already there. I want to assume that you're great at your job. Mm-hmm. It's really now figuring out that leap 
and talking to people outside of your skill set and and really collaborating, whether it's in your organization or outside, um, making sure you have a personal board of directors that gives you the perspective of every other uh, functional area in the business, because that's that's the leap that um, that you will take that I think will not only get you into the C-suite, but make you a better um, leader when you get there. Yeah. So do you have anything fun that you'd be willing to share with us that Chief has on the horizon? Like, I think I saw last year, you know, you used to have all, when you did the in-person events, very inspiring speakers, famous people coming in, in New York. Like, I think I saw Tina Fey did a talk. Like there's just so much fun stuff that I was like, oh my gosh, this is such an incredible organization. Poker. We do comedy nights. In addition to all of our workshops, um, we like to have fun and make sure that people can uh, listen to some amazing icons. I was so lucky enough to meet these remarkable women. I tried to make Tina Fey laugh for 20 minutes of the room. <laughs> and uh, my co-founder came in and she was just sitting there so uncomfortably, like nodding her head at me. And my co-founder was like, is she, is she using her stand-up routine on you? And Tina Fey was like, yeah. My co-founder was like, I'm so sorry. And she was like, yeah, it's really bad. Like she's it's really bad. bad. Like stick to stand ups lady. Um, I I would love to tell you more. I we haven't yet told our members. Okay. And so I like okay. Fair enough. If I told you first, mm-hmm. uh, but we have some uh, over Zoom. We have some amazing people booked for this fall. We mm-hmm. are so thrilled to expand. We are um, hopefully going to, with really great safety precautions, somehow mildly open up. New York, Chicago, LA this fall, depending on, um, Mm -hmm. you know, how safely we can do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we are thrilled to open up the virtual doors for Boston and San Francisco. So we are, we have incredible members joining from all of these cities, uh, some phenomenal, phenomenal women. And we're just absolutely thrilled to see the community continue to thrive in this time. So how do we find you if we want to join, where do we go? Yeah, it's chief.com. Good. That's a good website. Yeah. I'll <laughs> you tell you, I, the, the, the domain was my co-founder's birthday present to me last year. Oh, um, amazing. I, that is a great <laughs> birthday a, present. We had a debate about it. And I was like, trust me, we're going to want chief.com. Mm-hmm. We're going to be on a podcast one day and Stacy's going to ask her to find <laughs> That is I the only to- reason. Happy birthday, Lindsay. <laughs> Exactly, chief.com. Um, but you can you can learn more about chief. You can apply to join or nominate somebody that you think would be an incredible chief. We again look at VP through CEO is a little bit meaningless given that titles take on different forms in different industries. So we're really looking at um, women in leadership who are either at that boardroom table or the step right before they get there. So mm-hmm. um, chief.com to sign up and learn more. Oh, I love it. Everybody check it out. And I'm going to be looking for you guys out here in San Francisco. I can't wait. It's very, very exciting. And uh, thank you so, so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me and good luck with your kids. I'm going to go back upstairs and figure out where my four-year-old is. I heard them a couple times on this podcast. I mean, not your kids, my kids. I heard them like, hey, da, da. you know, I always think it, I find it delightful. I remember the days where, you know, we were hiding them from the Zoom calls. Like, no, you can't come in. I'm, I'm working. And now it's like, Ugh, whatever. I'm holding a baby in every single meeting. 
I love it. Thank you, Lindsay. Definitely changed a diaper on a. On a oh no, no! <laughs> You're <laughs> awesome. Diaper, but you can see me, Stacy. It was great speaking with you. Thank you, you so too. much. Thanks. Before you go, if you were listening to this episode and you thought to yourself. I want to scale myself to the C-suite. I want to do what's necessary now to prepare myself for a senior executive leadership position in the future. Then I invite you to schedule a free career strategy session with me. On this call, we're going to get crystal clear on exactly what is holding you back from success. It might not be what you think it is. And we're going to map out a plan to actually get you promoted into that next level of leadership. Then if it seems like a good fit, I'll tell you all about my promotion accelerator one-on-one coaching program that gets corporate managers from under-recognized, under-appreciated, and underpaid to a seat at the executive leadership table. If this sounds like you, it's by application only, so I invite you to go to stacymayer.com slash apply. That's S-T-A-C-Y-M-A-Y-E-R.com slash apply. You'll see the application and you can submit it for your free career strategy session today. See you there.